For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Jeff Fedotin with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Podcast Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team and Casey and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio and I are joined by a special guest. Former Chiefs General Manager Carl Peterson. Carl, thanks so much for joining us. Um, about your relationship with Andy Reid. I mean, the Chiefs have had, including Joe Valerio, including yourself, a longtime Philly connection, longtime Eagles connection, includes Andy Reid, Mark Donovan, even Brett, Brett Veach, Dick Vermeil, of course. Talk about your relationship with Andy Reid. Well, that relationship goes back a long, long way actually all the way back to when uh, Andy was at BYU. Um, the coaching profession is a small fraternity. Uh, I came into the business as a coach, as a, a small college coach, and then that coached at my alma mater, UCLA, and that's where I met Dick Vermeil. And uh, then I went to the Philadelphia Eagles, of course, as the personnel director initially. And I scouted every university uh, college in America, pretty much. And that's when I met uh, Andy, where I met an awful lot of coaches and began long, long time relationships. But um, Andy has always been a dear friend. He's been a terrific football coach every place he's been. Uh, his success speaks for itself. And of course, did a marvelous job in Philadelphia for what, 15 years. But um, when he came here to Kansas City, I think I was one of the first people to welcome him to this place. I had been out of business for about four years. Uh, uh, Clark had replaced me with uh, as, as the president with himself and as the GM with Scott Violi. And uh, that did not work out very well at all for the four years that that was happening. But then uh, he got smart and he hired Andy Reid. <laughs> I think Vermeil was very much a promoter of Andy. He's also a dear friend as I was, and uh, what a good choice it was and has been. But uh, because of that relationship, uh, he actually visited my wife and I, his, his wife, Jamie, and he, uh, when he first initially came to Kansas City, shortly after he took the job, and we uh, struck up, uh, we struck our friendship. So before, before and after each game, I usually communicate with Andy if not uh, by phone, by text, email, whatever, but always just a short note, something about uh, this week's game, good luck, and so forth. And then, uh, thankfully, over the last uh, number of years, after each game, a congratulatory note and uh, complimenting him on his coaching and his coaches' coaching and players, etc. So we've uh, maintained that relationship. He's done the same thing, very frankly, with Dick Vermeil out there in Castellania. And uh, they talk every week, I know, also. But uh, 
and he doesn't forget his friends, and uh, I don't think ever will. Great person, great family, and I think without question, I don't like to use that word great coach often, but he certainly uh, is deserving of that. And uh, of course, we're here in Kansas City cheering like heck. Hopefully, you have Andy bring Kansas City its second consecutive Super Bowl championship. Carl, I have to say, and I have to interject here, and and the the way that you're talking about Andy and your relationship with the Chiefs, it really is a testament to the type of person you are. Number one, and I would be remiss if I didn't tell our listeners who who tune in every week to hear us talk about you know Chiefs, the NFL, and football in general, that you are so much more than a general manager and a president and and a coach. Than, than, than anybody would ever know. You were, you were absolutely a father figure, number one to me, and to all the players that were lucky enough to come through and get the opportunity to play uh, under your guidance um, in Kansas City, knowing, knowing what I know about you. I, I, just, I would be remiss if I didn't say that. Um, I always looked at you that way. You were so much more than, and I'm going to use this term and I'm putting it in air quotes, more than management. You, you were an absolute father figure to all of us. And I will never forget the impact that you had on me personally and all of the players that had the great fortune of, of playing in an organization that you, that you were running at the time. I, I have to tell you that because you were one of a kind. Uh, you're, you're, well, you're, you're, very, you're very kind and, and uh, too laudatory, but I, I appreciate that very much. You know, I think the, the thing that kind of separated me from most other uh, president, GM, CEOs in the NFL was that I had the coaching background and then I had the player person, personnel mm-hmm. background, uh, going all the way back to high school and college. And so uh, uh, I truly love the game. I'll always love it. It's part of my life, a big part of my life. And uh, here in Kansas City, and I enjoyed, uh, first of all, uh, my seven years in Philadelphia, uh, Leonard Toast was the owner, but I worked for Dick Vermeil and worked with him. And what a great city and, and sports town that is. But here in Kansas City, I got a chance to work for, uh, I think, uh, always will be the, the greatest owner in professional sports. I include not only the NFL, but NBA. Of course, he was a, an owner there, uh, Major League Soccer. And, uh, Lamar Hunt was just unique, and I think you knew that too. Uh, I think every player that played for Lamar Hunt felt that same way. Uh, uh, the most humble, honest, stay in the background owner I've ever met in my life. And uh, he did the thing that, of course, made my my job a lot easier. He let me run the club, and uh, he was in Dallas. He called once a week, we chat. I bring him up to date, but. Never once said, I don't want you to do this, or you shouldn't do this, or whatever. Um, so I was very fortunate, 20 years, and as a long, uh, wonderful run as a president GM of the Kansas City Chiefs. But I had great players, and I'm speaking to one here, an outstanding second-round pick out of Penn University, uh, <laughs> four receptions, <laughs> all four of them uh, as an offensive tackle, uh, and four touchdowns from a guy by the name of Joe from <laughs> Montana and uh, made, a, made a name for himself. He's still a legend here in Kansas City. <laughs> and I'm so glad that Joe 
and Jennifer Delario uh, joined us. Uh, well, Carl, I can't thank you enough. You know, look, you, you turned me into the first Chris Carter, right? We, Jeff and I joke about that all the time. You know, Chris Carter always say, I only score touchdowns, and I can kind of join that club with <laughs> Carter. I say that very humbly. Uh, but right. but no, you, you were you were so gracious to give me the opportunity. I remember meeting you for the first time at the East West Shrine game, um, and yep. then and then again at the combine. And 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 Jeff and I have, have talked about the stories about you know your relationship with Tim Sennett and how you were keeping an eye yep. on me while I was working that internship at Kidder Peabody in Philadelphia. And, and I tell the story all the time, Carl, that. You know, you never know who's watching. And, and when, when Tim told you about me and, and what I had done at an internship, when I'll never forget when you asked me that question at the Combine, you're like, Joe, tell me about your internship at Kidder Peabody. I was like, I said, Mr. Peterson, with all due respect, what does this have to do with other 300-pound guys really fast? And, 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 and you told me that, that even though I didn't know who Tim Sennett was at the time, even though my dad always said, you know, always, you know, always make sure you respect the big Mahaf, um, that, that, you know, what he told you about the way that I handled that internship had an impact. I, you know, I take, I took that lesson with me my whole life. You, you never know who's watching and you always have to do your best, even in a situation where you think it doesn't, it might not make a difference. And uh, I, I will, I will always treasure that memory and never forget that. Well, you're, you're absolutely uh, accurate on that. And of course, I think, uh, Good scouting, good player personnel evaluation includes uh, finding out as much as you can about this uh, player before you draft him and bring him into your organization. And uh, it's a lot easier to coach and more enjoyable to coach. And usually the success follows uh, great people, uh, not only five players, but great people. Uh, Dick always said, Ramil, you know, I'll take someone maybe just a little less physically talented but if he's got more character that's the guy that i want and uh in the end he'll help you win and that's it's so true yeah but, uh, yeah you, you... did a great job for us and, uh, jeff i i'm sure you have probably talked about before but one of my fondest memories and one of the longest and timing wise runs i've ever seen in my life was a game that we were playing in Arizona. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, a, uh, a fellow uh, Philadelphian and also UCLA graduate by the name of Steve Bono was our quarterback. And I had uh, earpiece, uh, as I always did at every game. I couldn't interrupt or change the, the offensive call, but I knew the offense. I was an offensive coach when I was coaching, so I always wanted to hear what the play was, and then I could watch the backside blocking or uh, hopefully see where it doesn't break down or it might break down. And, and uh, I knew it was coming. Uh, the quarterback uh, faked to uh, Marcus Allen and a bootleg around, uh, I think it was right end. And Joe Valeria was there, uh, put in specifically to pull out and lead interference to knock anybody down that was going to try to tackle Steve Bono for a first down. And all he went was, what, uh, 76, 76 yards? yards. And, uh, and Joe was out there in front uh, urging Steve. Leading the way, waving him along, waving him along. Go back and grab him and pull him in us on his back <laughs> because uh, Steve was not the swiftest yeah. quarterback you've ever seen. And, uh, I mean, it must have taken uh, 
15 to 20 seconds to, to run that far. But uh, it was an all-time, all-time great play, and Joe Valeria was a big part of that. Yeah, the only person I had to knock down, Carl, was the referee. He got my way, I, you know. <laughs> the, and what's funny about that is that I'm Chiefs fan. I, I remember watching that in my family room with my dad. But that play, uh, the Bono play against the Cardinals, uh, a whole new set of fans are, are aware of it because when Daniel Jones had that long, long run on a Thursday night against the Eagles when he tripped and he should have had like an 80-yard touchdown, everybody was on social media – showing highlights of that play. So it, it kind of lives on with a new new generation. And he was, he was going to break Joe's, both the Joe's and Steve's record, and he fell down. Yeah, right, right. I think Steve Bono had a voodoo doll somewhere. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he must have tripped him when he was watching that game out in California. <laughs> Everybody on the Arizona Cardinals – the great Buddy Ryan, that was the head coach, defensive coordinator, was tackling Marcus Allen while Joe and, uh, and Steve were out running in the fresh air and open grass. We'll have more uh, with Carl, Carl Peterson, the longtime Chiefs general manager. And the NFL season is in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. They have all the game odds. The Chiefs right now are 14-point favorites over the Broncos, the largest spread of the week. And from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Again, we're here with... Carl Peterson, the architect of some of the great Kansas City Chiefs teams, the man who had the foresight to draft Joe Valerio. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> Carl, do you – so do you miss – does your competitive juices miss kind of running an NFL team or being directly involved these days? Yes, and, and Joe, uh, I do miss the competition. I miss game day uh, when Sundays roll around or Sunday night or Monday, Monday night after – even going to Tuesday night because of the coronavirus. But I uh, I miss it. Uh, I enjoy watching the games. I uh, still can feel in, uh, in, in my gut what uh, players and coaches and general managers and owners are, are feeling uh, on game day. Um, you know, it's the most competitive sport in the United States. It's, it's the finest sport. States and that I think in the world and and uh, I miss I don't miss I'll be candid uh, having to deal with agents mm -hmm. uh, who always think about themselves first and their players second uh, I don't miss uh, sometimes uh, some smart uh, media that want to ask uh, uh, scandalous questions that have nothing to do with with the game of football but. Uh, I miss the camaraderie. I miss the association with the players, the coaches, the football staff, everyone that works so hard. The public, uh, I don't think, can ever really appreciate the time and effort that goes into uh, putting on an NFL football game and the people that are involved and the dedication they have to it. Um, you know, uh, Joe knows what I'm talking about, a guy by the name of Alan Wright. Mm. 
an assistant equipment guy when when I first came in and hired Marty, and then Marty kept him. I ended up and I been the head equipment guy for the Chiefs for uh, all of, of uh, uh, Andy Reid's tenure there and and beyond, and does a fabulous job. Not a good job, a fabulous job, but um, I miss the relationship with all those people. Yeah, it was great to see Alan um, when they honored him at the Maxwell Clubs, Carl. That was fantastic. Yes. Uh, as 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 all for you know being being one of the folks that really promoting safety uh, in in the NFL with some of the helmet uh, work that he's done, and and he he does actually a fantastic job. And I got to be honest, Carl. Um, you know, I date back to you know 1996 when when I was last uh, there. Um, Alan Alan's Alan and Clark Hunt are really the only two people at the organization that I had the pleasure of, of working with uh, personally. Um, It's, it's amazing how the turnover, you know, has happened so many times in so many different positions uh, within the organization that that those two are the, are really the, and, and, and uh, you know, some of the uh, medical staff, I think, uh, I think um, there's one of the doctors is still left, Dr. Monaco. Um, And and that's a, that's about it. That that's about it. Um, which is amazing, right? When you think about an organization that big, and 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 we had Will Shields on about what an amazing, you know, find he was. Um, again, another testament to your your scouting and and recruiting ability to get somebody in like that. It was a you know twelve, thirteen time Pro Bowler and Hall of Famer, first ballot. I mean, just just amazing stuff. Besides all the other great ones, you know that we had we had. We had Will on, and we, we shared some great memories with Will last week. Yeah, he's, uh, he has said you're marvelous people. They've done so much, so anthropic-wise here in Kansas City. Uh, while he was a player, and what a great player he was. And then uh, subsequent to that, since his retirement and that, I'm certainly uh, extremely proud of Will. He's a third-round pick that, that uh, has made the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame, which is about – the top that you can aspire to, and yet he's never changed. Mm-hmm. Um, what, a, what a great kind of an awful lot like Lamar, humble, yep. stay in the background. It was never about Will, but I'll tell you what, uh, try to play a game without him, and he only played, I think, about 300. Yeah. In second game. <laughs> he, uh, he was special, and, and uh, I must tell you a quick story about Will when I drafted him. Um, of course, he played at the University of Nebraska. He was a great player. And in the third round, he's still there. So I told uh, Marty, I said, look, at, you know, if he's still there on the board, and when we get to our third pick, um, I'm, I'm taking Will. I said, he's too good to pass up in that. And our offensive line coach at the time, and I always wanted the coach's input. I had them look at video and film. Sometimes they go out in the spring and work the guys out. And um, certainly at the Indianapolis Combine and that. But I, I said uh, uh, to the coach, what do you think? He said, oh, well, he said, you know, Carl, uh, I'm not sure about Will. You know, uh, he's a terrific run block. That's all they do is run the ball. They don't. He, he doesn't know the first thing about pass protection and that. And I said, you know what? I said, we're going to draft him. And the reason that you're here is because you're a great football coach and you're going to make a great offensive lineman out of Will Shields. And if you remember, by the second regular season game, Will started, and he started for the next 13 and a half years. Yeah. 
and uh, went to the uh, uh, inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame a couple of years ago. Well deserved, and I always saluted that coach. I won't uh, say his name. It's a hell of a football coach, but he came. He was at the induction in Canton, Ohio, and he came up to me and Will, and he said, "You know what? I have to be honest. I was wrong. You were right." And I said, "Well, it's because of your coach." And, and Will and I went at each other. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, I mean, how – look, what do you think of the game today? It's it, – you know, I mean, give us your perspective on how – like Jeff used that great word architect, right, and the, and the architect that you were in an era of names, you know, Joe Montana and all those great chiefs that came after. What do you think of the game today? And, and what would you tell fans what's, what's, what's improved? What, what do you think they should go back to? Are there anything that they should stop doing or start doing? Um, what are your thoughts on it? You, you, you know, you, no one has more insight into something like that than you might. Well, I don't know about insight, but uh, the one thing I certainly knew in my uh, 35 years of pro football, uh, the players get bigger, faster, quicker, smarter every year. And uh, the game uh, is still played on the same size field, so people are going to have to do things differently. And, and uh, frankly, uh, a lot of what's happening in the NFL now is, is was preceded in college football, the wide open spread for mm-hmm. uh, the throwing the ball, you know, 70% of the time. Um, you know, this as well as I do, uh, pass protection is almost a lost start. Mm-hmm. Uh, from a, from a uh, three-point stance. Everybody starts on a two-point stance in the offensive line, pretty much. But um, it, I'm enjoying it. I think it's great. It, you know, the game is evolutionary. It, it swings back and forth. Uh, the offense gets ahead of the defense, and then the defense catches up, and smart defensive guys find a way to, uh, to stop the offenses for a while. But um, the game, uh, and of course, when you get down, uh, like Patrick Mahomes and uh, Kelsey and Hill, uh, it's it's just uh, so much fun and exciting to watch. It's a, it's certainly uh, this time at, at this time in the game a defensive coordinator's nightmare, the worst nightmare because there's just so so many things that they have to defend to try to, and uh, and the, the players are so talented. Uh, I think uh, you know the coaches, uh, creative. Uh, as as I said, I would consider them genius. Uh, Andy Reid, they do such a great job with that talent and and design plays and give the players an opportunity to be successful at what they do so well. Uh, Joe, you know that I think we found out about players. They really they really like to play for coaches. They would put them in a position to be successful. Uh, it's pretty natural. And uh, uh, I was fortunate had had five terrific coaches and uh, four coaches, I should say, and, and uh, Marty Schottenheimer, Gunther, Dick Vermeil, and, and Herman Edwards. And then before that, I uh, got the name of Jim Morris Senior and, and the Philadelphia mm-hmm. Stars yeah. and the SFL. So uh, I, I was uh, either smart enough or lucky enough to hire and surround myself by really outstanding coaches who took the players and developed them. Yeah. I was curious. I know you're still following the game very closely. 
Uh, what takeaways did you have from the Chiefs-Buccaneers game and any predictions about Chiefs-Broncos, the longtime divisional opponent on Sunday? Yeah. Smiled when they made the decision and Joe, excuse me, Tom Brady made the decision to leave uh, New England to go to Tampa Bay. Uh, certainly reminiscent Joe Valerio of, of a similar trade that I made. Yeah. With Joe, Joe Montana, and then uh, with Joe came Marcus Allen as an unrestricted uh, free agent. And uh, Joe gave us two wonderful great years, AFC Championship playoffs each year, playoff wins each year. And uh, and Marcus gave us five terrific years. But uh, sooner or later, it does end. And uh, players, players in their minds are saying, I can play this game forever. But players' bodies are saying, Joe, Tom, what are you doing to me? I can't do this any longer. I'm 42 years old. And, and eventually it'll, it'll catch up to them. But uh, I'm enjoying watching Brady. When he has success, I don't like to see it when he's struggling mm -hmm. because it's coming, it's happening, it's going to happen sooner or later. And uh, I would like to see him, frankly, step away uh, before it's too late. As I told uh, Joe Montana and Marcus Allen, and I, a lot of people don't remember this, Randy, Randy Lott, excuse me, uh, ended his career with the Chiefs on injured reserve. Mm -hmm. And uh, Ronnie uh, is a great player. He wanted to play again with Joe and Marcus and uh, came to the Chiefs, but never got on the field. He got hurt in training camp. And so I would tell those players, look at I would like for you to come to me a year earlier rather than a year later. I don't want to be uh, the, the general manager that ends up putting you, Joe Montana, on the injury reserve list and, and you finish your career on that list with the Kansas City Chiefs. You're too great a player. You contributed too much to the game and the success and greatness of the game to end it like that. So I hope Brady... Uh, doesn't stay too long. Um, he certainly has his moments, and we saw that again in the Buccaneers uh, game, and they brought them back and got them close to the Chiefs and that. But uh, specific to this weekend uh, regarding uh, the Broncos, is that what you asked? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. What? Any any predictions for well, this weekend? Well, right. I, I think without question, uh, it's it's impossible to play a National Football League game without a real quarterback. And uh, uh, hopefully one or two or three of those quarterbacks will be healthy enough to uh, come off the uh, uh, COVID-19 mm -hmm. and play because uh, otherwise it's, it's what we saw the other week when uh, the Broncos played with the, the wide receiver. They played a little bit in college and mm -hmm. uh, how devastating that was. So, um, this has been a very unique year. We all know that. Uh, hopefully something that the NFL will not have to ever go through again or any uh, sports uh, or all the aspects of it. But at the end of the day, uh, uh, I salute the NFL for trying to get through it. They've done about everything they can. Same thing with college football. Um, hopefully it, it can finish. 
there's always going to be an asterisk on this year uh, because of this thing called COVID-19. Agree, Carl. It's been, it's definitely, I know the, I know that they've overused, you know, the words of, you know, unprecedented and, you know, it it keeps coming up, but it it has been, it has truly been unprecedented. And I think they are doing a great job of doing their best to keep the players healthy, to keep a really good product out on the field and to keep this thing going, provide some people some entertainment during some really tough times. So I, you know, my hat's off to them. For, for what they've they've really accomplished. Uh, the last thing for you, you talked about your wise decision of drafting <laughs> Will Shields, who ended up being a Hall of Famer. Take us back to the 1992 draft. Give us the scouting report on Joe Valerio coming oh, gosh. out. Oh, Jeff always Jeff always does this to us. Out of the a good friend on on the podcast. <laughs> the scouting report for Joe coming out of the University of Pennsylvania. Well, of course, I remember this vividly. Uh, first of all, we all know that the University of Pennsylvania is a, uh, a football factor to the NFL. I <laughs> <laughs> some players. And I, I, I knew one very well. Of course, he couldn't play anymore, but he's he, with our organization in uh, Chuck Bittnerick, Creek <laughs> Charlie, uh, from the University of Pennsylvania, a great ex-Eagle. But um, uh, I knew about Pennsylvania because uh, – I should say the uh, University of Pennsylvania, because obviously I was there uh, almost eight years with the Eagles and then another uh, four years uh, with the uh, Stars. And the mm-hmm. But uh, the word on Joe was he had obviously excellent size, 6'4", I think he was 295. He could run, uh, certainly run faster than Steve Bono. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that was important. And, and, uh, the only thing that we were really concerned about, Jeff, I have to be candid here. Yeah. Uh, we were a little concerned about his football intelligence. Just not quite sure, you know, if an Ivy League guy can handle the NFL. <laughs> and, uh, of course, I'm being facetious there. But <laughs> the other thing was that Joe knows this. Uh, we figured that he could definitely make it as, as a uh, – a backup offensive lineman was smart enough to play all three positions, but he also was a, a long snapper and a good one in college. Very good. The, the uh, situational offensive tackle, uh, short yardage tight end, and uh, reported every time he went into the, uh, to the game. And that's the, the rules, as you know, to the official. And uh, said, listen, I'm Joe Valerio. I'm coming in at tight end. And uh, I only catch touchdown passes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a great spot to be in. I was always thankful for, you know, my dad told me when I started playing offensive line as a youngster, Carl, he said, you know, you're only going to get your name on the announcements or in the paper if you, if you hold somebody on fourth down. So right. I was, I was happy to have my name in the paper for, for catching touchdowns from Joe Montana. <laughs> This is great stuff, guys. Carl, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Carl Peterson, the longtime Chiefs GM. He, he's the guy who kind of put the Chiefs on the map uh, after so many dark days. Uh, 100%. So thanks, thank, thanks for joining us. It's great to hear your insight. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on all your favorite directories. Thanks, and we'll be back next week. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.